All right, we're back on the bottom line, and today we have Dallas Logan. She's going to be talking with us about operations, some tech stack, some uh, CRM questions, everything that can drive patient revenue. We're going to talk about it. So uh, Dallas is COO at ClearSight. Do you want to just say hi real quick, Dallas? Tell us who you are. Yeah, hi everybody. My name is Dallas Logan. I'm based out of Oklahoma City and I run ClearSight. We are a refractive surgery practice, so we do LASIK, lens replacement, and everything in between. Um, that's basically it. For line customers listening who didn't know us before 2017, maybe we used to be called Sales Sync, which is a terrible name, obviously. But Dallas was like, I think you were like, one of the first 15 groups, 20 groups we ever worked with. Um, so Dallas is an OG sales sync customer. <laughs> Early adopter. <laughs> Which is cool. Early adopter is a good way to say it. Absolutely. Excited to chat with you. Yeah, thanks for well, coming thanks on. Thanks for having me. I guess we can dive in then. Um, I'll, I'll throw some questions at you, and I'm sure this will, as always, devolve into more organic conversation. But uh, why don't we start with just... Big picture, you're, maybe you're just getting started in this. What's kind of the most important puzzle pieces to, I guess, what's, what can you not live without on your tech stack? Is it the CRM? Is it EHR? Where do we start? What's, what's kind of the hub? Well, I mean, I think most practices starting out start on paper. So you could probably live without your EHR, but you've got to have a CRM if you want to nurture your leads. Um, I know most practices start out with an Excel sheet and then they're upset that their team isn't following up accurately. And there's no way to track if they're following up. And that's the nice thing about switching to a CRM is that you have some more active and easy follow-up practices. You can automate. Most of them connect to some kind of email platform where you can send mass emails. Um, so I would say you've got to have a CRM first. Yes. And I, I think I read like HubSpot and some others aren't HIPAA compliant. Is there uh, yeah, certain no. ways to stay away from? Or Well, it just depends. A lot of us luckily live in the cash pay industry, so you don't have to necessarily be HIPAA compliant. Um, but very few of them are actually HIPAA compliant. So that's why gotcha. most people have yeah. a CRM and then you switch and you also have some kind of medical platform like either paper charts or an EHR. Gotcha. Yeah, there, there are some, uh, we're getting asked this a lot now, Ken and Alice, HIPAA compliant CRM and other, you know, lead management or lead tracking tools, which is going to become more common, I think, especially since Google just came out with, with the GA4 platform and said, we're not signing a BAA, it's not HIPAA compliant, blah, blah, blah. So I think a lot of people are looking into options more, so I bet more of them will be HIPAA compliant. But you're right, if it's cash pay, you don't have to worry about that. That's interesting in terms of, by the way, side note, are a lot of people still using paper charts, Dallas, do you think? I know a lot of aesthetics, dental, and then, I mean, I still think you see quite a few, uh, you know, regular optometry practices and some refractive surgery practices still using charts. We actually just went paperless last August, so we haven't been that long. It's a hard changeover. Good gosh. That is shocking to me. My God. <laughs> it's very hard. And we still have paper charts because you oh, man. Used to be on paper, so it's a process. Yeah, yeah. If you're starting Damn. a brand new practice, just go paperless. Hell yeah, hell yeah. That's cool. Well, what about like so? CRM is critical, but um, I mean, there's probably some practices out there that like rarer now, 
but that aren't really even thinking about a funnel. And they're just like, we get phone calls. People fill out a web form. We call them back. We get them scheduled for a consult. They come in. And then if they're tracking anything, they're really starting there. People have scheduled. Are they showing up? And then maybe they're even good at, okay, they had the consult, but they didn't decide to move forward with like LASIK yet. So they have some process there. What would you say to people <clears throat> about the opportunity in that bridge between lead and initial consult and like how much fallout there probably is there that something like a CRM helps you take advantage of? Totally. Well, um, we know in the refractive surgery field from the minute a person thinks about like, I want Lasix, that the funnel is normally 12 to 14 months. So if you're not nurturing wow. that lead, you're not doing yourself any service. And I know all of us are spending money on marketing and way lots of different formats. And so I think it's really important to nurture that lead, you know, no matter if they called one time, they said, did a contact us form, they, you know, you put something on Facebook and they signed a form. Any way you get their contact information, you need to be continuously following up because one day, whatever you sell, that's going to be on their mind. And if you're not there, someone else will be there and they're going to be gone. Yeah. One day they're walking their dog and all of a sudden they walk into a tree. They're like, oh, my God, I got to have LASIK now. And then they, yeah. they're like, there's that company that sent me an email. <laughs> Truly. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard Totally. That. I mean, stuff happens. I mean, that happens to me with uh, a bunch of stuff. I just bought something on Amazon earlier that I've been looking at for a couple months, I think. Um, it was a book and then it popped up in my head and I got it in two seconds. With, the, with that length of time, 12 to 14 months, if I'm a practice and I'm like not doing lead nurturing or using technology or have a process around dealing with people before they book a consult, that seems like a big undertaking. So I imagine most of that 12 to 14 months is not human effort. There's sort of like a front load of that. And then you're doing like, what, what is, what is a, what is a best practices core structure look like in, in that period of time to nurture leads? Well, and first of all, I want to tell everyone that you don't have to start like we've started. We've built and grown over the years and added and added and added. And I feel like now we have a lot more than we did. Sure. Um, but we have an automatic text system. So the minute you put any kind of lead or contact us, anything populates through our system, you immediately get a text from whom we call Emily. And she starts a conversation kind of like a chat bot, except it only asks a few same questions. If you respond to those, they go into our texting platform so we can start nurturing you with real people. If you don't, it continues to text you for a few days. Um, we also call every single lead within 24 hours minimum. And the goal is like four minutes, but reality, some like Mondays, we might have 150 leads. There's no way. Um, but we try to call sure. them as fast as possible. If you have line, you get help with that. Make sure that you're calling them quickly. Uh, yeah. And then, so we got the text message. <laughs> We've got the call back from the actual people in our office and then we start an automatic email drip. So we don't know what they're a candidate for. Mm -hmm. We don't know exactly what they want, but they get enrolled in a weekly email system that's kind of telling them about our practice, what's going on, that kind of items. We do base that on age. And um, so depending mm -hmm. on what you're selling, you know, we kind of nurture them in different ways until we get them to schedule an exam. Are these all coming from different systems or do you have, uh, like, it seems like it would be easy for the data to get kind of siloed or have complication with talking back and forth. Or... 
So, I so guess it all goes into our CRM. So okay. any what we would call a web lead, so Google pay per click, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Facebook or social media ad, um, anything off of our website, that all filters into one location in our CRM. And then we you can send them to your emails a lot of times. It's an easy place to start. And then we work all of those emails or leads, however you want to call it. How many calls? Like, is it just a cup? Like, obviously, there's the immediate call. And then is it like a what, what, what was y'all's basic first campaign? Or maybe you have it this way now. Is it two or three calls? And if they haven't gotten them on the phone, it's all texting and email until the lead responds. Or what? what is the call part? Yeah, so we do the initial call within 24 hours. Um, if they respond to a text uh, or or the call, but they're busy, then we nurture them via call 48 hours, 72 hours. If they're what I would call ghosting you and don't say anything at all, we wait and hit them again with a fresh set of calls at three weeks. But they're still getting the rest of the automatic mm. text message chain and those weekly emails during that time. Damn, that's pretty impressive. And yeah, like Dallas said, I mean, that's legit. You don't have to do that the first day. But I mean, those are what I like about how she's described, you're describing it. It's like, it's components of it. So just do something like say, even if you said, we're going to call somebody one time, and then we're going to start there and make sure we do that. And then we're going to call them a second time and text them, start somewhere. What is the most important thing to start with Dallas? I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm old fashioned and I think a phone call is king, but they respond to text rapid fire at any time of the day. And so we've learned, you know, out of say we have a hundred web leads on a Monday and the automatic texts go out Sunday. You know, you did it on Sunday. The automatic text goes out Sunday. We'll come into 25 to 40 text messages replying to that. Whereas your first round of phone calls, you maybe get a 50% pickup rate, maybe. So um, Damn. I, I think the auto text now is probably the way to go because it's immediate if you can get that set up. Um, and if not, I would say, you know, Monday morning, you have someone go through and text every single person because that's the fastest way to do it. Mm-hmm. Start working those leads and then someone else would start picking up the phone Monday afternoon, you know, build some kind of process that works for your team where you do both. Totally. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of people. <clears throat> you said the mentioned the old school mentality thing. And like, look, people are just more and more used to texting with businesses now, obviously. Um, are you finding that that's pretty, I mean, a, a probably a 20 to 30 to 40 year old person is more likely to text than maybe someone who's twice that age is what the objection that's, would, that's what the objection would yeah. be. What do you say to that? It's not no. true anymore. Wow. Um, also, we're all fighting. I don't know. You, uh, Apple updated again a couple weeks ago. And it's like, says you're a spam caller no matter what, basically. And so people just don't answer the phone. And um, mm. versus a text message, they can see what you have to say. They can make the decision to talk to you or not. So it gives you definitely mixing both is probably the best. So if you catch them, great. Yeah. If you don't. But if you send the text and say, this is, you know, this is Charlie from Line, when you call, your Apple phone picks up and says, might be Charlie from Line. You're no longer a spam risk. That's right. And when people see this is Charlie from Line, what's the percentage of the pickup there, Dallas, typically? (laughs) (laughs) Mine is zero. Zero times I pick up the telephone. Actually, you don't pick up. But you do respond to text. You're proving the point. So, yeah, that's interesting. Because I can respond in a meeting, but I can't talk to you on phone. I know, I know, I know. You could if you want. So... 
summary there, text, got to have texting. And even from somebody who still believes about calls, like that initial text is the way to go. And then doing both obviously helps. What about online scheduling? You guys have online booking, right, on your site? We do, yes. What's the adoption been like? with that like are there a lot of people doing it we've had well i've been here seven years and we've had online scheduling since before then and wow you have i think you have to have it you can if you charge for exams that's completely fine there's a lot of platforms now that can take payment you know when you pay for charge for the exam if you don't you put all the time slots in but you'd be surprised how many people schedule an exam at 11 o'clock at night well you're not going to answer the phone so if they don't have access to that and they forget about it and they get busy the next day, you lost a client. Yeah, like you, you can, you don't, you like, it's just like Amazon. You can buy at night. What do you think of that <laughs> take, Ken? How about that point? Bingo! <laughs> um, we've, we've heard this before too. It but, seems to be a common theme. Yeah, and it's just omni channel. Like, why, you know, and people will say, I, I think I hear people say, they don't want to lose control of their schedule or just stuff like that. There's lots of online scheduling vendors now. Um, you know, we work right. with uh, we work with a, a couple that we I don't know if you know this. We actually integrate with online booking platforms now, which is pretty cool. But um, there's there's ones out there that are that are legit and good. And why would you not allow someone, regardless of time of day? the opportunity to schedule online. And then also when you're closed, like you're giving people way more time to, to put get on the schedule and generate um, revenue. So I've never understood why somebody wouldn't have that. Do you guys incorporate that? I assume you do in like, let's just say texting. Uh, the messaging is like, Hey, it's us call us or reach back out to us or whatever. And I'm talking about the automated drip. Do you put in online booking links as well? To say, or you can also book online and people will go do that, or do th- those don't really intermingle? Um, our current texting is a little more like, have you ever thought about having a procedure before? Would this be your first consult? Like, we're trying to build a conversation. There's a little more qualification and, and needs building. Yeah. Before we just hit with schedule and exam, and we don't want to scare them. Uh, but yes, a part of it, you do put in, you know, here's a link to schedule. We offer virtual or in office, um, you know, whatever you're more comfortable with to try to, you know, butter them up to schedule their exam. That's really interesting. Like, I don't think, I don't think many people have the philosophy you just described. They're just like, we have a lead, call them, book them, get them, ask them to come in, suggest the appointment. But you guys are asking questions to have the person talk about why they're thinking about it and so forth before you're like, well, listen, here's what the process is like. And it sounds like it would be, beneficial for you to come in how long like if if i if i submitted something on the website let's just say it's during business hours i get a text i engage and i'm and i'm texting with uh your team member is it just like at what point are they going to start bringing up the appointment and how far do they go in sort of qualifying me we go we try to go pretty fast but like i yeah. said you know we don't know how high in the funnel they are right so if they'll say oh i've never thought about it or i just wanted pricing you know, a lot of times we'll jump to, well, we can't give you pricing over the phone. Why don't we have you come in for an exam? Like, you know, you can kind of educate them. Situational a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A little bit. I mean, the goal is always to get them in for an exam. That's number one goal, but how we do it, and especially the auto text is not a human. It starts with some nicer questions to warm them up. And then by the time they get to a human, we can have a real conversation about scheduling and why you should schedule. 
did you architect that messaging or who figured that out? I might have had something to do with that. Baller, baller. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever brought anything in, like, you don't have to name a uh, company name, but is there any piece of software or, like, a concept that people, you feel like people are like, ooh, we should have that that you've tried? And you're like, eh, that's just not really, doesn't really do anything. Maybe the mm. answer is no. Um, so I tried to adopt video messages ah. I, very quickly after we adopted you guys, and it was too early. And now I'm rethinking, like, instead of sending a text from Emily, what if it was a short video from yeah. a team member? Too early, adopting... like, like patients weren't ready to get that from a business yet. Yeah, or, or yes. a healthcare related. Yeah, interesting. But now we know, I mean, there's enough statistics on TikTok. People like to watch more than they like to read. So yeah. I'm thinking it's about time to try it again and see how it turns out. Yeah, plus if you use more video than other countries that will remain nameless can like infiltrate our headspace and figure out who we want to vote for and things like that. So that's good. I mean, yeah, kidding. we're working on it. I just want them to vote for us, clear sight. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been thinking about getting more video. I don't know if I've talked to you about this, Ken, but in our sales process and messaging as well. I think that's important. We've talked about it a little bit, yeah. We got to do it. Uh, what a what about after the booking uh, is on the schedule? Are you doing like patient reminders or uh, referral yes, programs? So I have patient reminders set up. Uh, weirdly, ours book anywhere between 24 hours and two weeks-ish in advance. So we have a one week, 48 hour, if they, and it turns them off. So you don't get all of them um if you confirm and then a yeah. 24 hour and then a two hour before you can't turn off just like a little reminder to come in um and of course we've really really worked hard on that during covid because we had all those rules so i've practiced and changed those a million times and i feel like i have a good system now and we only text we used to do email and text reminders mixed and matched and now it's just text reminders cool. uh, we also offer them the ability depending on the appointment type to cancel reschedule on their own because this platform is pretty cool. They can reschedule some appointments on their own or to ask for help. And then we call and reschedule them. Mm -hmm. And are there automated touch points beyond that? Like once they've had an exam or even had a procedure? How, so how far I does have this go? A very strict follow-up <laughs> process. Um, that's probably what I'm best known for is ask, if we don't convert, which, you know, the goal is to convert an office, but you don't convert 100% of the time. So if we don't convert an office, it is a personal follow-up call 48 hours after, one week after, two weeks after, and then every month they're following for 14 months. Wow. If <laughs> yeah. If the patient is a texter and they prefer text, they can swap from calling to text. But we really like that personal touch of, hey, last time we talked, this is what you said. I just wanted to follow up with you. How can I help? And those patients are also, if they don't convert and we know what they're a candidate for at that point, they go into an automatic drip email campaign based on the procedure they're a candidate for. So, you know, if they're a candidate for LASIK, all their emails will then be formatted about LASIK and kind of taking them back through the process of why it's important versus one of the other procedures. This is going to be a hard question. So if let's say uh, somebody who has a uh, practice is listening and they're like, my God, my, I have zero process for, uh, measuring, managing leads to get them to schedule a consult. 
Um, maybe they've got reminders and stuff, but post console they have nothing. They're just like, oh my god, we didn't get them to move forward. If you had to choose one of those two, the post consult follow up and then the lead to <clears throat> consult process to optimize for or do anything about first, um, what what do you go with? If you have to pick, I'd pick following up with your exams that didn't schedule an office because those yeah. are what I would call a hot lead. They yep. have, took time Already out of had the day consult. To Tough, tough question. I told you. Can I ask about your emails? Um, is this is this more like educational content around the procedures in general, or is this more like following up? Like, hey, uh, no, it's not. Call us back. Yeah, nope. Because that's what the team's doing. They're saying, "Hey, call me back. Mm, Let's schedule yeah. you." These emails are like, "Why is LASIK important? Don't listen to us. Listen to other patients." Or, "What would your procedure be like?" What, what do people say about us? Like there's a variety pack of them um, that kind of go through different, you know, educational and referrals to help them move forward in the process. That's a good, <clears throat> good combo with that. I think a lot of people don't think that way with the email and the emails doing the, you should schedule the text is doing the, you should schedule the people are calling, Hey, you should schedule a console. And it's just like, good gosh, this is, this feels salesy. Whereas you can use the email nurture is like this foundation of you're making an impression of educating and all that. It's got to be done the right way. Um, sounds like the text is kind of similar. Well, actually, the text is like, why do you want to, you know, do this? And have you thought about this before? Um, and then the calls are just like, come on in. <laughs> and they're educational. We do. I know. Some of, some of our pricing is so high. Um, we want to make sure the patient understands what they're coming in for because everyone right. makes their candidate for LASIK. I'm sure that's the same way um, with most options. And so we want to educate them what they could be a candidate for and give them the price range so they're not shocked when they arrive. So we yeah. call, even if you schedule online at midnight, we're going to call you the next day and talk to you about your exam. Do you guys find, and that, and meaning some more information about how you figure out what they're a candidate for and maybe you kind of bucket it based on age or other stuff in that initial call and then price range. Yes, definitely. So yeah. uh, that initial calls, you know, like what's bothering you? How can we yeah. help you? Have you looked into this before? And then, yeah, we know based on age and I can't see up close. I can't see far away. I've yeah. been told I'm not a candidate, how we can kind of discuss that conversation cool. a little further in depth. And then we, but I will say we mask it under, we just want to let you know, expect when you come in for your exam, it's going to be this many minutes long. This is what's going to happen. So by the way, tell me about your vision and that you've built up a little bit of trust before you start yeah. throwing money around. Totally. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. I think we should probably uh, wrap cause we tend to go long. But uh, any final thoughts or <laughs> questions? <laughs> Dallas and I are done catching up. What's your problem, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be uh, the next episode. He's yeah. used to chasing you around, Charlie. He knows the rules. <laughs> That's right. Hey. Uh, very cool. Well, Dallas, anything you want to plug or tell people where they can find you guys? Yeah. Well, if you are interested in refractive surgery or getting out of your glasses or contacts, we have an office in Oklahoma City and one in Plano, Texas. You can check us out at www.clearsight.com. Very cool. And uh, Charlie? 
as Best always. Best in the business, man. It's been fun. <laughs> Let me tell you something about what we said today. There is no more complex uh, and and meaning in a good way and effective lead management um, process I've seen in any specialty. You heard that today with what Dallas said. So uh, real deal stuff here. And they've got not only the best conversion rates, but you can tell with the length of time they're nurturing people. They have people coming in that are serious about getting a procedure done. Um, and that's what they're doing so well. So thanks for being on, Dallas. Thanks, Charlie. I appreciate it.